Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, man, I'm ready to do... um, Do you have football fatigue yet? Is it that time of the year? Does that happen to you? It, It... it usually does because this time of the year, uh, the Texas Tech football team is kind of fading. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm getting fatigued by the beatdowns. Yeah, I, um, I kind of think if 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 we were in TCU's position, and Texas Tech was ten and zero, I don't think we'd feel the exact same way. I think we'd have a slight different. We'd have a little bit more bounce on our step. Still excited about the team. There's stuff to be excited about. But, I'm sure TCU is yeah. excited about their football team. No, I don't know if half of them know they have one. I do know uh, I have a friend of mine. Shout out to the Ace Man, who lives south of Fort Worth, and he said that I don't know. I guess it was probably about the time they hit seven and zero. He started seeing a lot more TCU flags around. So there, there are actually some bandwagon TCU friends, friends, fans. I had no idea. But that's definitely a real thing, at least there. Probably nowhere else in the world. Hmm. But in this, in the Fort Worth area. I mean, you, you'd hope that they'd be hope. able to pull in the most, most uh, geographically close people to be bandwagon fans, but not yeah. enough to fill their stadium. So DFW's team. I don't know why I opened the podcast taking shots at TCU, but here we are. I don't know, man, because I'm. It's probably just a state of me not wanting to believe. <laughs> it feels weird to say 10 games in, I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, my whole thing of, well, oh, they've just had s- just a good run of luck. Um, even after 8 and 0 was, was a little bit sketchy, but now at 10 and 0, it's kind of like, okay, okay, Michael, just uh, admit. <laughs> Admit that you don't want them to be that good. I don't want them to be that good. Just because you don't want it doesn't mean it's not happening in front of your eyes. Yeah. Um, Do not want. Because here's the thing. The TCU defense is not that good. What they did to to Texas was surprising. So it's like, well, I mean, Ewers played the whole game. That's surprising. That, that that I think that was the first time in six or seven weeks, but maybe it's because they wanted him to play the whole game. Did you see how bad he was playing? 
Maybe no, they're I, like, I miss a lot of that. You were suck so bad. We're, we're, we're going to, we're going to leave him in there. We're not going to take out his legs. Like they have control over the health of the opposite quarterback. Anyways. Yeah, man. I just, I don't want them to be good. No, but also it's, it's kind of interesting that like the better they do, the worse Gary Patterson looks. Oh, absolutely. Cause this team was hundred percent garbage last year the yeah. same team with a f- you know the the transfers that they added which was I, you know I, I forget how many they had and different coaches looking like they're headed to the playoff well and that same team ran all over texas tech so we don't have to well in the bring that quarter. up but i did but uh no i mean last year yeah yeah <laughs> But you're right. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it does, in hindsight, hiring your most successful coach in probably your program's history who just about single-handedly got this tiny little private school into the Big 12. In hindsight, in year one, no question looks like it was the right move. Yeah. Do you find it interesting the timing of that story that came out that said that was alleging that Texas had basically uh, it come down to basically they were they were trying to iron out the details of the press conference to announce Sonny Dykes as the head coach, and it was this week that it came out that you know there was a booster that said no we're not going to do that. No, it's very suspect timings. Like I don't th- I don't think people would have sat on that for. Oh, 12 months. Yeah. That seems like that would have slipped out. I think had they had the information 12 months ago, they would have said it. Yeah. Anyways, what we have on deck tonight is absolutely no more TCU talk. I can guarantee it. We have Texas tech football versus Kansas to talk about. We've got Texas tech football versus Iowa state to talk about and Texas tech basketball. And then some, what is it? Fraud and Shoida? Fraud and Fraud and Shoida? I, I, you know, Britain? for someone who's airing who's, of airing of grievances, who speaks uh, German or who spoke German, or whatever. That word has always gotten me. I, I'm going to point and laugh at the Big Twelve basketball teams that are losing their bye games. They're Shaden, Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude. There it is. Schaden. Anyways, yeah, there it is. Uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, you should do that. Two more weeks of us on the Rob Rose College Tailgate Show this weekend and the next weekend for the end of the regular shows. There will be a bowl game special as Texas Tech prepares for a bowl game. If Texas Tech prepares for a bowl game, there will be a bowl game special. And uh, that'll be that, man. That'll be the wrap on the Rob Rose College Tailgate season for 2022. You can catch it though this weekend and next weekend, 10 to noon Saturday talk 103.9 FM and the talk 103.9 mobile app. And as always, this episode is brought to you by sports drink, your digital water cooler. As you all know, sports drink is our, our podcast network. They are the intersection of sports and not sports. So it's a perfect marriage with us and sports drink. They, Doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You can follow them online or on buildings. Social. They're buying buildings. Is that is, or they're leasing them? 
Is that a they or a we? We us our, we us our building in New Orleans. Yeah. Anyways, you can follow Sports Drink online or on social. Uh, open up Instagram, type in at Sports Drink. That's Sports Drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're not trying to let the funk out. I decided, Michael, I'm 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 done reading that ad. I'm just gonna make it. Up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if you couldn't tell, I didn't read it. You did a great job. Well, you didn't let the funk out. It's only been six months, and just it's now good. decided I'm gonna just wing it for however much longer we go. have it. All right. So we're going to do, like I said, football times two, then basketball, and then wrap this up with what we learn. Michael, you ready for some football? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Chuck keeps himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown. Two out of the end zone. Picked off. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slager able to escape. And that picked off. Back to back. Turnovers and water. One of the other way. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again. And he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball. To throw it as a man downfield, and Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side to the five touchdown. Red Raiders. Smith find a little time throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38, three seconds to go. 62 yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. All right, let's uh let's wrap up week eleven versus the Jayhawks. Michael, Texas Tech wins 43-28. What uh what surprised you about this game? Just off off script already. First, this is <laughs> what well I it, what surprised me was um well I think the elephant in the room is just how much tech ran the ball and the fact that they used three running backs. And just how effective Tyler Shuck played. I mean, I, th- I think those are the big, th- the big things that surprised me that much. I, I, I think I mentioned it in the instant. I'm not sure, but this may be the the type of game that Shuck's more um, comfortable playing, not throwing 50 times, you know, throwing 33 times or something. So I, that was kind of what surprised me was they, they, the game plan seemed to match what those of us who have a platform, whether it be Twitter, whether it be a podcast that have kind of been clamoring for the last week of, of run the dang ball. And it seems like that actually happened and it was successful for the most part. Yeah, man. Um, you saw, like, like you said, the three, three running backs plus Chuck combined for, 
47 carries. I took out the one sack. Um, and I don't have the total yardage, but 200 plus yards, four touchdowns. It just, it worked. And it, it, like you did what you were supposed to do. Uh, so like you want to say like, well, Kansas is bad defense. Well, sure. But you did what you were supposed to do. Uh, and you did it taking advantage of, of their, their defense. Um, Shuck ran 12 times or I guess 11 times for 81 yards, nearly seven and a half yards per carry. Thompson, seven carries for 68 yards, almost 10 yards per carry. Brooks carried 16 times for 51 yards, three and a half, sorry, 3.2 yards per carry. Cameron Valdez, 11 carries for 66 yards, six yards a carry. And then Smith, Donovan Smith, one carry, six yards, one touchdown, six yards per carry. So you had five, <laughs> five uh, ball carriers, two quarterbacks. Um, there was, I even saw a guy because maybe because Thompson was averaging almost 10 yards a carry, like you said, as much as Tech ran the ball, it still wasn't enough for this guy because he was like, why did Thompson only get seven carries? Well, I mean, so we, should, we should have cracked 50. We should have cracked 50, 50 rushes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we'll, we'll get to this, the, the, what we learn. I've got the Kansas Duke game pulled up on my yeah. phone over here. Uh, apparently, I'm, I'm not over the Kevin McCullough transfer. He pulled up for oh. a jump shot. Brick the hell out of it, dude. It barely hit the backboard. There was nobody in his face. He's going to go off tonight, and I'll tell you why when, you, I just, I just when we get to what we learned. Yeah, but yeah. by the time we get there, the game should be just about over with how long it's going to take. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, we'll roll through this. We'll be fast, right? Oh, yeah. Donovan Smith utilization. I, I, I wrote it that way and then realized like he came in for two plays. So I, I hate to say like I loved the way he was used, um, but like I had no issues with how he was used. That That touchdown was beautiful it was one it was blocked perfectly right like he didn't have to do anything he had to make any kind of s- funky reads McCuller hits a three uh see there you I, go i know man i know um that the counter draw i'm like it was like just perfect play for him like he drops back i don't know i i don't get um leaving both quarterbacks in because like, you're just taking a playmaker off the field because you're not going to throw to a quarterback um, unless they're 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 dialing up a, a double pass at some point later in the season. Um, like, you know, if you're going to leave in one of the quarterbacks, like if, if you're subbing in Smith and leaving Shuck out there, like I guess you're kind of setting that up later in the – I don't know. Well, you just wait. Like it, but you just wait because, you know, Tech's going to be down – late against OU or something and, and they're going to pull some crazy thing like that and it's going to pay off because they've set it up for 11 games. <laughs> they're like, all right, we uh, we set the trap on that one. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, I guess you couldn't have waited any longer. Um, I did want to touch on fourth down uh, because going back and looking at actual fourth downs that Texas Tech faced. Um, they faced a total of seven fourth downs. 
and they went for it two times and they, they converted to one. So it was one of two. Um, but I went back and looked at like down in distance and where they were on the field. And if we're going to use that chart that I found last week as, a, as an example, all seven of those play calls lined up with what this chart said they should have done. The first fourth down. Yeah. The f- first fourth down. Uh, it was a fourth and one on the tech 44. Basically this chart says if it's fourth and one, you, you should go for it always. Uh, tech went for it. They ran the ball, picked up four yards. Second, fourth down they faced was fourth and seven from their 15. So like, or from the Kansas 15. Um, and at that distance, it was a field goal. And that's what Texas tech called and ran out there and Trey Wolf hit a fairly short field goal. The third, fourth down was a fourth and 15 from their own five, which was a punt. Obviously this is the drive that you, you fielded a punt deep in your, your territory. Uh, you had the offensive pass interference and you just went backwards or I guess you went backwards from there and then just picked up a couple extra yards. Um, punted the, obviously the chart said to, to punt there. Um, the, my issue with that is, is because it was, well, it's not really an issue on the drive that Kansas took over the ball from there. They drove 73 yards uh, and scored a touchdown. So like, you don't like the outcome of that, but really you're not going to, you wouldn't have called a, anything else. Like you weren't going to go for it on fourth and 15 from your own five. Um, so them scoring a, a touchdown at that is kind of inconsequential. Fourth, fourth down they face was a fourth and two from the, from the Kansas 37. This was, um, again, by this chart that I found is, this is not, and this isn't the chart that they're going to be using, but really close. Apparently, uh, it said to, to go for it. Uh, and they went for it, but Brooks lost four yards Kansas takes over and then a couple plays later throws the interception. So, you know, you like the, the outcome of that, even though you, you didn't convert there. Uh, and the second half, you had a fourth and 23 from text 26. There's, there's nothing on here that says you should go for it on anything past fourth yeah. and 10. Um, so McNair punted 50 yards. Uh, Kansas takes over on the 24. They go three and out in the fourth quarter. Uh, you had a fourth and six from the tech 33. Uh, according to the the chart, it says to, to punt McNamara punted. Um, the issue here is that it was a really short punt. McNamara shanked it, went 27 yards. Uh, Kansas took over on their own 40. They drove down and ended that drive with a touchdown. Fourth and sixth from the Kansas 12 uh, was a, a field goal. That was again lined up with the what the this chart said. So seven total fourth downs faced all aligned with the, the example chart that I found with only about two out poor outcomes, which was the the fourth and short run that got stuffed, uh, which then you ultimately ended with a an interception to get it back, and then the, the short punt. So even when you like, you know, you 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 follow the the analytics, it sets you up. You had two poor outcomes. Um, and I'd say like one and a half because of the way that your defense was able to respond after getting stumped on fourth down. Uh, and then the short punt is not, you know, a normal thing for, for McNamara. No. And I think Kansas had a short punt at some point during the game too. So it just, a lot of that stuff, what I'm learning with how the team has approached this is it's surprising to me how much things do sort of even out 
you know, the defense may get a stop right after a fourth down gets uh, squashed. You know, a fourth down attempt is not converted. The defense gets a stop or they get a turnover or sometimes it really just works kind of a, just a net neutral, like nothing happened. Yeah. You're just right back. Okay. Well, it's first and 10 at about five yards from where we were five plays ago. Let's, let's give it a shot. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Uh, looking at the defense, your defense only gave up seven points in the second half. Uh, and that was something that Rob tweeted out during the game. I was like, there were certain, there were times during the game. It certainly felt like things could have snowballed and gone way poorly for you. Uh, the Kansas offense seemed like they, they were they were starting to, to get rolling. Uh, they were wearing down your defense. But, man, like it, it goes back to the point that you made in the postgame. It felt very much like a, like a Gibbs defense where they, they gave up a bunch of yards but did all they could to either turn the ball over or keep them from scoring because that's, that's what happened in the second half is they, they just uh, they didn't allow them to score. They picked up one touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I wanted to update everybody on the on the Ming Al scored in the fourth quarter. Um, that that gap narrowed a little bit. Uh, you're being outscored ninety to seventy five total on the year, so only fifteen total points in ten games. Um, throughout the season, Texas Tech is out is getting off to a faster start, uh, barely about ten points, seventy nine to sixty nine uh, in the first quarter, and then in the middle two quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and wins, Texas Tech is outscoring opponents 100 to 59, and a total over the season 168 to 124. So, you've games are won in the second and third quarter, apparently, with well, with the Red Raiders. Well, even then, like um, you, you're outscoring opponents in the first, second, and third quarters. You're just minus 10 on the season in the fourth quarter. Sorry, minus 15. Um, Yikes. Special teams, Trey Wolf, three for three on the day. He was nails. He hit that 51-yarder, which was a season long at the end of the first half. Uh, It's 15 of 18 on the year so far. And a perfect 32 of 32 on extra points. McNamara had several, uh, you know, really great punts. I think he punted three times. Two two of the three were really good. Um, I don't know if, if you can take credit for it, but Kansas doinked two field goal attempts, so that was really helpful. Uh, had those gone the other way, it would have been, you know, it could have been a different game. Uh, the mental toughness thing that we talked about, uh, the team just like, they never like as a fan, there were times when I certainly felt like that the, the game was going to turn and go the other direction and it never did. Um, they were more mentally tough than, than I was. And I, I was at home in the warm <laughs> warmth of my living room as they were in the cold. Um, big plays, man, that interception that ended up setting up the, the field goal to end the first half. Uh, huge swing there. I want to talk, talk, talk on injuries really quickly as we wrap up Kansas. Tyree Wilson's going to be out this week. Uh, and I, I would just assume he's going to be done the rest of the season. Um, Game time decisions, supposedly Baron Morton and offensive lineman Ty Buchanan. Uh, Duran Bradley should be available to return this week. Um, the uh, college football playoff rankings were just released as we were getting started here. 
Georgia is number one, Ohio State, the Ohio State, excuse me, Michigan and TCU. And I, I think we're still there. We're like, I think there are teams behind TCU that could probably wipe the floor with them. Um, yeah, nothing changed. I mean, the, the top the top five remained the exact same. Well, they all won. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody won, so no real need to move that. But it, I can't help it. I'm just going to be – if TCU ends up playing Georgia or something in the first round, I'm still going to – even even if – Georgia is down by 10 in the fourth quarter or something. I'm just still going to think, well, this isn't real. This isn't this TCU. And here I am talking about TCU again. We said we wouldn't. Okay, stop. We're moving on. So yeah, there, the, the rankings released, I think after you hit record, cause I've been checking them uh, before we logged on. So nothing changed there. No big surprise, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of games left. Uh, to be played. And a lot of these teams are going to kind of place each other or, or play each other and, and duke it out that way. Final kickoff times were set for Texas tech. You got obviously Iowa state this weekend at 6 PM on FS one. And then the final game of the season back home versus Oklahoma, six 30 also on FS one. Look around the big 12 for week 12. TCU traveling to Waco to take on Baylor. Their big noon kickoff. I don't know. Uh, it's because of just how inconsistent Baylor's been this year. I don't know what, what kind of game, game you're going to get there because they just got waxed by Kansas State, man. Yeah, they did. Kansas State. We, we get waxed. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, those same Wildcats are on the road in Morgantown where... West Virginia has done some damage, uh, but they are hosting the Wildcats. Kansas State, 1, 1 p.m. on Big 12 Now, ESPN+. Plus. Kansas going up to Lawrence. I don't know how to feel about that one, man, because the way, like, seeing the Kansas game in person and then seeing how just inconsistent and wild Texas has been, it is possible that Texas loses to Kansas twice in a row. Texas is still receiving votes, Spencer. They're still receiving votes. I, it, it, the AP voters just can't get them out of their head. Is this a is this a 6-4 Texas team and they're technically 27th in the country? I don't know, man. Get the hell out get the hell out of here, people. It's wild. This isn't this isn't real. Don't don't oh, well, you know, they're they deserve to be ranked still because yeah, because they're Texas. Um, Texas Tech on the road in Ames this weekend. You all know that. Then Bedlam and Norman, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. You ready to talk about some Iowa State football, Michael? Man, am I ever. Interestingly enough, I was looking for, like, just in research to, to see. I, I want to see just how they play and, and, and the defense and everything. I looked for highlight videos. You know the the first available game that I could find from this season was week two versus Iowa. Or <laughs> that's the only one that matters. Where they won ten to seven. I yeah. was like, is there really nobody putting out highlight videos for Iowa State? Like, not a fan, not the school. There probably was. It was buried by a bunch of videos from last year and before. Like you would think 
a game that they had just played, like just anything really, but I couldn't find anything. Well, anything recent. I, that one's really important to them. It's, um, let's see. Iowa has almost doubled them on the streak. Oh, they have exactly. So Iowa state kind of evened it up. So I was up 46 to 23 overall. And so it's a big deal because Iowa state hadn't beaten them since 2014. And that was actually at Iowa as well. They haven't beaten them in Ames since 2011. It's a wild finish to that game. I, I watched that just, just because it was what was available. I watched it and I was like, man, that would have been, you know, if it wasn't 10 to seven and just the slog fest that that was to sit through for three and a half hours, the, the ending was really fascinating because it ended up like back-to-back turnovers, for both teams. And like they were, they couldn't get out of their own way and trying to get down to either take the lead or seal the game. It was, it was, it was ugly, which is what I yeah. just, how I would just describe Iowa state this year. They're just ugly. Um, we'll start on the offensive side. Cause that's just, that's where we always start on these previews. They're led by offensive quarter, Tom Manning. Uh, offensively, they are number 101 in SP+. Plus. Uh, their defense is so good that it, it brings their overall ranking up to 40th, which we'll talk about. Texas Tech is 50th overall, so Iowa State, according to SME+, Plus, is a better team than Texas Tech. Uh, so their 101st offense will be facing the 84th <laughs> best defense. Uh, on the field, they're led by sophomore quarterback number 12, Hunter Deckers, 6'3", 206. He throws a heck of a lot more than I would have expected before I looked up these stats. On the year, he's 267 of 395 mm-hmm. for 2,645 yards, <laughs> a measly 6.6 yards per attempt. He is completing 66 per, 67% of his passes, 17 touchdowns to Ooh. 13 interceptions. Ooh. He's not a runner. Carried the ball 73 times for 44 yards. Good for 0.6 yards per carry, but two touchdowns. I don't, I don't want to get ahead too far, but Tom Manning, I just kind of found it interesting. The offensive coordinator, I was looking at him today just to kind of, oh, how long has he been around? And his bio at Iowa State Okay, keep in mind, Iowa State's offense is averaging. You've got the numbers down here. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but only on this. Iowa State's offense is averaging 22 points per game. Almost. Yeah, 21.8. So this glowing write-up of Manning on the official Iowa State website, Manning's return as offensive coordinator has been an enormous success, <laughs> producing three of the most prolific offenses in the history of Cyclone football. Iowa State broke the school record for total offense, 444.3, and had the third best scoring offense, 32.2, in school history in, ni- in 2019, and then followed it up with the second best scoring offense, 32.9. In 2020, in 2021, Cyclones recorded the fourth best scoring average, 31.3. And then this year, they're averaging 21 points per game. A 10-point drop, Spencer. That's huge. It, it appears That's incredible. What the hell happened? It I appears mean, Manning was players. Yeah, was very reliant on the players, not his system. Um, Ooh, because he doesn't have Brock Purdy. He doesn't have. 
Brees. Brees Hall. Yes, thank you. He doesn't have any of those tight ends. But what he does have, so this year they, they've got two running backs. Uh, one is, is just mainly their, their main guy, Jareel Brock, it's a junior, number 21. Six foot, 220, so kind of a big dude. Uh, 99 carries on the season, 445 yards, just four and a half yards per carry, which is good, not great. Three touchdowns. He's caught 21 passes for 113 yards and then one more touchdown. The other running back you'll see them use is Dion Silas, number 22. He's a sophomore, 5'8", 180. So quite a bit different in body size and shape. 55 carries, so just about half. 249 yards, four and a half yards per carry, two touchdowns. Uh, when they put the ball in the air, which Hunter Deckers does a lot, they're looking at number eight, senior receiver Xavier Hutchinson, 6'3", 205 target on the outside. 97 catches so far this year. 1,059 yards, just under 11 yards per catch, six touchdowns. If it's not Hutchins, Hutchinson, uh, they're looking at sophomore number 13, Jalen Knoll, 5'10", 190. He's got 50 catches on the year, 523 yards, 10.5 yards per catch, three touchdowns. And while they don't have Charlie Kolar or Allen at tight end, they've got junior Deshaun Hanika, 6'6", 238 tight end. He's our fourth leading receiver on the team with 11 catches. <laughs> you want to talk about like just a drop off after Hutchinson at 97, Noel at second with 50, and their fourth guy has 11. 153 yards, 13.9 yards per catch, and three touchdowns. Offense is not where they, they, they make their games. Michael, it's on the defense. Absolutely side. not. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it, it's ugly, and... It's, it's part of it's not on purpose and part of it is on purpose. And I think this is the part that you're getting to where it's on purpose. They want other teams to play ugly. And then it sounds like their offense just kind of does the same thing. Yeah. Independent of who they're playing, unless it's West Virginia. (laughs) I don't, I don't get it, man. Uh, Defensively, you all know the same defensive coordinator that's been there forever. John Haycock, number seven so far in the S and P plus rankings for defense. We'll be going up against the number 24 offense in Texas Tech. They are led in tackles by senior linebacker Gary Vaughn, 5'11", 230. He's got 53 total tackles on the season, one and a half sacks and a forced fumble. They've got another couple. They've got three more guys behind him right around that 50 tackles mark. Anthony Johnson Jr. is a defensive back with 51. Linebacker Orion Vance and defensive back Bo Frailer. Each of those guys have 50 I used to, well, we used to talk about how uh, being led or having a, a defensive back lead your team and, and, and tackles was an issue. I wouldn't say so much with, with this defense because I think that's the point is to keep everything in front of them. Uh, they they f- have this three deep zone defense and they flood the middle. Um, it leaves outside guys on islands a lot, one-on-one. Uh, so I think that that could be a matchup that you're going to look to to try to take advantage of. Um, turnovers on the season, they're not great. They're minus five in the turnover margin on the season. Uh, offensively, they've thrown 13 interceptions and lost six fumbles. Defensively, they've caught seven interceptions and recovered seven fumbles. I think the biggest matchup here is obviously going to be when Texas Tech has the ball, right? Uh, this offense versus their defense. 
Texas Tech throws for 311 yards per game at 6.8 yards per attempt. Iowa State allows teams to throw for 175 yards per game at 6.5 yards per attempt. On the ground, Texas Tech is rushing for 156.2 yards per game at just under 4 yards per carry. Iowa State allows teams through 10 games 105 yards per per game at 3.2 yards per carry. Texas Tech converts just about 42% of their third and fourth down conversion attempts. Iowa State allows teams to convert just under 31%, 30.6. Texas Tech is scoring 33.8 points per game. While the Iowa State defense, this is what blows me away, as those other numbers would indicate... Um, would you think they're, they're really good? They're giving up 29 points per game. Are they really? Which now that I say that out loud, <laughs> does I it like, feel... I don't, I don't think that's mathematically possible. Well, let me look this up really quickly. I, there hasn't even been a big 12 team score 29 on them, except Baylor. Baylor scored 31. Well, then I, this is one box of the, of the, uh, the update here, I didn't. They're allowing teams to score 16.7. There it is. Okay. Okay. I was like, man, that's crazy. So yeah, 16.7. That sounds about right. And that's also very scary. There we go. Um, I have a weather report below <laughs> that we may have to discuss when we get to our predictions. Just, just spoiler alert. That's why I'm scared. One of the reasons. Yeah. But when Iowa State has the ball, they throw for 267, almost 268 yards per game at 6.6 yards per attempt. Texas Tech allows teams to throw for 222 yards at 7.3 yards per attempt. They only run for just over 100 yards per game at 3.2 yards per carry. Texas Tech is allowing teams to rush for 165, 166 yards per game at 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, Iowa State converts 44 Point four percent of their third and fourth down attempts. Texas Tech allows wow. teams. <laughs> Texas Tech is allowing teams to convert thirty-seven and a half percent. Iowa State scores just under twenty-two points per game. Texas Tech allows just under thirty points per game. So it's one of those things where, like, offensively, like their numbers aren't even as good as what your defense allows. So, like, does that mean that? they get more than they normally do this week because your defense doesn't usually stop teams or is it like the other way around? Like you, you, they don't even get that much because they're not that good and you're okay. (laughs) I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's only getting 100.9 rushing yards per game. That seems very low, but it's uh, the third and fourth down conversion percentage. That's that's got to be the one of the only things that's really keeping them in games is they just must be able to sustain drives and move the ball, even if they average three point three three repeating, of course, yards per carry or something. I mean, maybe that's their secret on offense to move the chains. They don't necessarily get in the end zone very much, only averaging twenty two points per game, but. That's got to be it. They're just consistent enough in in going for it on third and fourth down and, and converting. Yeah. Uh, 
it it's pretty underwhelming and I'm sure Iowa state fans would agree. I, I think they've been uh, pretty disappointed with how the season's gone. I mean, I can't imagine how you wouldn't be going one and six in your first seven big 12 games, but uh, it's been pretty disappointing, especially after all the, you know, the COVID year where probably got a little bit more love than they should have. And then last year, they really should have done a lot better than they should have. And they didn't. Um, and then they lost everybody. And Matt Campbell is probably going to be at Iowa state forever now. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you think? <laughs> I, well, I do have, I had this other tweet today, someone, and I, someone tweeted out, it was like some betting site. I don't even know what it was. But the only reason I saw it was because one of the that SB Nation blog, the Iowa State one, retweeted it. So I saw it. It said something like, "In three words or less, describe Iowa State season." And I quote tweeted back out, "Back to normal." <laughs> but I don't know if it's they still could win this weekend. They still could beat Tech this weekend. But yeah, I, this may be the end of the. Uh, the the big surge of Iowa State football. If if a lot of things don't change and start going right next year, because they've got it. What are they four and six? They have to win out to um, to get a bowl game. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, they'll definitely be gunning for Tech this week to do that. And then I think their last game. Who is their last game? I had it pulled up earlier. They still play TCU. Who knows? You know, that wouldn't hurt my feelings if Iowa State upset TCU to go to a bowl game if if they beat us this weekend. I was, I was about to say, they have, they have to beat us first. No, I know. I know. I just, I, I threw that out there because I forgot. Oh, yeah, that means, oh, crap. That means we lost. So speaking of we lost, what's, what's your prediction? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Do you want to talk about the weather first? Yeah, let me give you a weather report. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to mention my friend Ace Man again because he was all he's he and I we tweet about the weather all the time. Tweet, text, we text about the weather all the time, and he kept telling me and reminding me how cold it was going to be at the Jones on Saturday. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude, I know, I know," um, and it was. It lived up to the hype. It was quite cold, but it's going to be like two thirds as cold, colder. How does that work out? Two thirds colder. <laughs> I don't know. Um, a high of 20 in Ames on Saturday, Northwest wind, 17 miles an hour, which means that the wind's going to be cold. That's the high folks. That's as good as it's going to get. Okay. So in, in, in your weather report here, it shows at sunset in Ames, Iowa this weekend is 4:49 PM. Yep. This game kicks so, off a good hour 15 after sunset. It won't yeah. be anywhere close to 20. So the only people that will enjoy that are the ones who really take advantage of, of the beautiful bridge, beautiful bridge. It's great. It's a great, beautiful bridge, big, it's bold, it crosses roads. Um, you will get a little bit of sunshine on your, on your sh- shoulders there. It's partly cloudy though. I mean, it's not going to be but, great. But then the night hits Spencer low of seven, seven, with a capital S, seven. 
We talking about the, the movie? I don't know. Maybe what's in the box. Seven, seven degrees is what's in the box. It's cold. Gwyneth Paltrow's head would have been perfectly, um, preserved. Oh, preserved. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word, but anyway, um, I do think that's going to be a factor for me, be, but I'm still going to pick tech to win. There Here's you go. why. Cause tech proved that they could run the ball. I feel like this is one of those games. Yes. I mean this, this Iowa state defense is legit. I haven't been this worried about playing a defense since, um, Oklahoma state <laughs> since uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Since Oklahoma state, it's been a whopping month, but allowing 105 yards per game. Yes. That is concerning. Like Spencer said, that's not just some random, you know, one or two games they play at the beginning of the season. That's 10 games in though. Those are some legit numbers. Uh, but you know, tech was able to run 260 last week. They split it evenly for the most part between four guys. I don't know if we can count on Shuck to run as much as he did. I, it it kind of makes me nervous, but he does have a knack for it when he sees an opening and when the blocking is there. Uh, so the fact that they ran the ball as well as they did against Kansas gives me some hope. Definitely going to take the under here. Uh, to the under, under 48. 48, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm taking the under here. I, I think Iowa State's going to be really tough test for this offense. I, I'm not fully confident in this pick, but I'm picking it anyway because I'm willing for it to happen. And because I just don't think Iowa State's that good. And I think it's going to be one of those games if Tech loses, there will be a lot of what ifs, a lot of uh, why didn't we do this? Why why did this happen? It, it, a lot of people will be very upset if Tech loses this game because they'll see this offense that has done nothing all year, that has averaged 17 point something points per Big 12 game. And that is skewed by the 31 points that they scored in Morgantown somehow. So that's what I'm picking them to score this week. I'm just picking them to, to drop down to their average, but tech's going to eke out a 24, 17 victory in Ames. First time they've won in Ames in a while. I'm going to go back and look, but um, I do think uh, tech really has a chance to win this. And if they don't, it's going to be one of those, Holy cow. What were we doing? What happened there? There'll be a lot of people pretty upset and I might be one of them. I'll try not to tweet through it too much, but I might be one of them. So the last time Texas Tech won in Ames was 2014. They won 34-31. And I guess that was Kingsbury's second, third year. You know, Kingsbury, he he had a really good record against Iowa State, come to think of it. I think he was three and two. Well, that's not really good. But he won his first three. I'll take that. So that's where I'm at, Spencer. Taking the under, taking Tech to cover because Tech's the dog, uh, plus three and a half, I think, and Tech to win. Man. So you've uh, you didn't talk me into it, but I'm I'm also going to take the <laughs> under. Um. 
Sorry, I just got distracted by a Kansas player bowling a referee over into the stands. Um, I'm also going to take Tech to win. Take Tech to win. I am going if it, three and a half is interesting. I, I obviously, with, with the hook there, I'm. Well, if you're taking them to win, the three and a half doesn't matter. I guess it's true. Because they, they'd cover even if they lost uh, by three. So yeah, uh, I'll take them to win. Um, you're you're pretty close to what I would have said. Um, That's why I wanted to go first. There's only so many scores you can pick if you're going with the under, and I had a feeling you'd want to go with the under too. <laughs> You could do something really drastic. You could go like, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do up. it. Let's hold on. Hold on. I'm going to go 21. Okay. Well, my numbers don't want to work. 21 to 20. All right. Let me, let me go through some of these barn burners. Cause a lot of y'all may have kept up with Iowa state football this season. I'm Screw just kidding. That. They're I'm not, be... they're not scoring 20 points. Okay, here's that's where I was getting. All right, so you already mentioned the 10-7 barn-burning win versus Iowa. Here are some of the other nonstop action Big Ten Iowa State football games. Uh, they lost 11-14 to 14 at Kansas. They lost 9-10 to 10 at Kansas State. They scored 13 in Norman. And they scored 14 in Stillwater. Oh, you know what? I said they they scored 31 in Morgantown. That's not right. They were actually at home in Ames. Mm. That changes mm. things. Does that affect? Does that change your pick at all? No. Yeah, me, me neither. I, I I am taking a weird score for. I'm taking 21 16. I think that they sounds get, good. You should you should do weird scores. I mean, I'm seeing 11. I'm seeing nine. I guess nine's not that weird, but. It is it is for teams that are used to scoring kind of touchdowns. So <laughs> yeah, so that's a touchdown and three field goals. They're going to keep kicking field goals to, just to try to keep themselves in it, but it just won't be enough. So give me Texas Tech yep. to win. Uh, obviously a cover, S- pretty pretty good under here. I mean, because that I don't know because the over under is it's usually a lot cl- closer to that, and I've got them under by ten. Well, I think I had it up here. They have. Against the sp- no, not against the spread. That's not that's pretty close actually. But the over, they have only hit it twice, and both times were at home though. So they're two and eight over overall against the over, and they're two and two and four at home. Excuse me. I know I'm I'm just I'm just muddying the waters, but I'm still taking the under. Stand, I'm holding fast. I'm um, holding fast to 24-17. I'm going to keep it 21-16. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We, we got our scores. Yay. Michael, you are 9-1 and one so far on this season with your picks. I'm I'm going against my, my preseason pick here. I, I thought Texas Tech would lose this game before I realized how bad Iowa State was. Um, I thought they would win, but I didn't think Iowa State would have this bad of a record. But you were nine and one. But you also had Texas Tech win in this game. Um, FPI, you you did get a, a few points bump there after beating Kansas. 
It is a 33.7 to 66.3 in favor of the Cyclones there. But you did Kansas bump, baby. You did get some uh, that same kind of bump against Oklahoma. You're now again on the plus side. You're favored there. FPI 50.9 to 49.1. All right. That's bizarre to me to be favored against OU. Yeah. Let's, uh, Lincoln let's, Riley ain't there no more. <laughs> no, he's not. Let's go to let's go to basketball, man. Yes, please. All right. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he stopped back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bullock and a crowd stripped by Owens. Already on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover in the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh! Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Already doubled into Tariq. Oh, Andrew puts it down! Already. Odiasi! Kropar's it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. All right, I'm keeping my eyes on this uh, Kansas-Duke game. Duke has got it close, down to two points, uh, heading in just a few minutes left before halftime. Texas Tech, 3-0 and on this season. Monday night defeated the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Like I said, 3-0 on the season. Get a quick update on the rankings and uh, statistical comparisons here. Ken Palm has you at 23rd. It's just a couple drops. Spots dropped down from 21st, which is unsurprising with the way that Texas Tech played. Uh, there were some hairy and iffy moments in that game. Offensively, you dropped from 54th to 68. Defense, you went from 9th to 6th, though. Your defense did move up. Um, your tempo has also moved up. Haslam metrics uh, actually moved you up from 9th to 8th. Your offense dropped way down from 18 to 32nd, and then your defense, screw you, Eric Haslam, went from first to <laughs> second. Um, some storylines, just a quick update on some of these. The offense from Steve Green, you are averaging just under 72 points per game, shooting nearly 50% from the field, 49%, 36% from three, and a pretty pretty poor 74% from the free throw line. Uh, and then through three games, you're averaging outscoring your opponents by 19 defensively you are allowing under 53 points per game 33 percent from the field 26 percent from three and 67 percent from the free throw line you are uh grabbing just over 38 rebounds per game and you're out rebounding your opponents by about five and a half boards per game just under 16 assists per game but your turnovers is way up there. 17.3 turnovers per game, and you are actually negative in that margin uh, so far this season against your opponents by 1.3. Quick update on the players. The transfer impact, 
going back to Monday's game, Damarian Williams only saw three minutes of time. Jalen Tyson, man, he is, he's going to be a dude for this team. Played 28 minutes, seven points, but his presence is just, it's everywhere. It feels like he's always um, just making it known, right? Yeah, he's 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 got like a veteran presence, but he's obviously not a veteran. Yeah, he played eight, oh, was it eight games at Texas and then sat out yeah. for the second half of the season at Texas Tech. Yeah, but he just kind of has that that confidence. Um, I, I I really like watching him play. Speaking and then the of the next uh, guy, you're gonna yeah. bring out. Speaking yeah. of veteran presence, <laughs> Whew, came alive, man. Davion Harmon. Um, that, that's something that I just I was probably guilty of it too. Most of the time when this team got brought up, everybody, well, you know, Banner's going to be the obvious kind of veteran, the leader, the this and that. I, you know, I I discounted Harmon and. As a senior coming in with all the experience he has, playing in the Big 12 too, uh, I was just really impressed with what he was able to do. And they even had him. I think Isaacs was he had another he had a rough outing again. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit more with the turnovers. But you know, Harmon ran the point for a while, um, especially there towards the end. Threw down a pretty monster two-handed dunk, mm-hmm. and I had to look up how tall he was because like, well, I don't think he's that tall and you know six two in most families is pretty tall but on a basketball court it's not that tall and he was skying up there throwing it down two-handed at six two anyway i just really loved his game so you got what 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 else he got going on here what all did he do that night you there yeah i'm i'm sorry i i was there was something going on in the other room. Uh, so he, he played a ton of minutes is what he did. 36 minutes, yeah, 15 points. He, he was tied for the lead in scoring five rebounds, six assists, just one turnover. He had as a guard, two blocks and four steals had a literally something in every category. It's what they call filling up the stat sheet, right? Mm-hmm. The other guy, obviously we want to talk about is Kerwin Walton. Uh, I think it's, you know, it, through three games, you're kind of seeing the, the rotation kind of shift a little bit. Certainly feels like he's going to be your sixth man uh, or, you know, obviously the first guard off the bench. 22 minutes, five points. He had the second highest the plus minus of anybody in the game at plus 12. Freshman, I think you're 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 kind of uh, honing in on, on probably just playing two freshmen this season, or at least that, that's the way it's looking so far. Uh, Lamar Washington only played three minutes. Robert Jennings played one minute. CJ Williams didn't play at all. Pop Isaacs obviously is a starter. He played 25 minutes, but that was, I think, on the lowest end of minutes for a starter. 10 points, two rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. But he had the second lowest plus minus of anybody on the court at minus three. Um, And it has to do with with those four turnovers. Um, You would love to see some of those those passes uh, just cleaned up a little bit um you know the the team is you know you you like to think that they're they're still trying to c- come together here and that's going to help bring down the the turnovers but um certainly four in a game is 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 a lot and then Elijah Fisher he only played 6 minutes and picked up 3 points your returners yeah, Kevin O'Banner I'm oh, surprised sorry, how little Fisher I'm no I'm just surprised how little Fisher played I, I felt like when he was out there he was uh, he was really contributing, but 
I don't know. I just maybe a different type of rotation that Adams wanted to experiment with. Yeah. Your returners, Kevin O'Banner is a starter, 35 minutes, 15 points. He's your, obviously your, your other leader in, in scoring eight rebounds, three turnovers. And man, those three turnovers were, were brutal because he had two of them that were back to back possessions um, <laughs> that helped uh, kind of, it was a, a run there for Louisiana tech to keep them relatively close. Um, but very uncharacteristic. Like those were very, like I said, he threw it right to the guy um, and back-to-back possessions. KJ Allen played a lot more um, this game, 12 minutes, didn't, didn't score any points, but three, three rebounds, two assists, one turnover, two blocks. You're going to have to see a lot of him uh, with, you know, as, as the other big man uh, in, in this team without AMAC uh, because Daniel Bacho is, you know, as good as he is, can't play, you know, 40 minutes a game. Well, um, Allen did. I mean, you mentioned his blocks and one of them was just a straight up monster mm-hmm. against their big. I mean, he, that's something that we've talked about too, that he, his athleticism, how high he can jump and just his size and how strong he is. It, it's going to make him kind of formidable down low, but it's still something that, that does worry me in the stretch. If, um, until Dawes can come back. Yeah. Macho played 29 minutes. Scored nine points, seven rebounds, two turnovers, six blocks. I didn't. Uh, I didn't believe it when, when they brought it up on the on the broadcast that he had five blocks at that point in the game. I was like, wait, no, no way. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, yeah, he's got five. Then he got another one. Um, I mean, he he had four more to go, but he was getting close to a triple double there, Michael. Ten yeah. points, ten uh, rebounds, ten blocks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really impressive game by him. And I think they were doubling him almost every time he caught the ball and he still was managing somehow to get some points. Um, One thing I wanted to mention that was kind of a a downer aside from the turnovers, I've I've got, I've got a little bit of comparison here. I'm not going to go through all of it because it's, it's too much because I thought I would find something find more than I did. So, so I just kept writing things out, but I just kind of want to compare the turnovers of the first three games versus last year. And then while I was doing that, I, I looked up something else too. So three point percentage, you have it up here so far this year, Texas tech is 36% from three this time last year, after three games, tech was 32%. So that's already a pretty good increase there. And I was kind of, I was going to pose this question to you after I go through this. Well, let me ask, let me go through this first and I'll ask the question. So 2021, uh, the first three games, Tech had 12, 13, and 16 turnovers. So you mentioned it earlier. I think they're averaging this season, what was it, 17 a game? Mm-hmm. And so last year they were average, averaging more like 12 or 13. So definitely, you know, a big change there uh, so far. I know that it's early. and But Tech, you know, they weren't wiping the floor with these teams. They were. I mean, they, they beat North Florida by 15. Uh, they beat Grambling by 16. Um, 26. They did, oh, okay. Yeah, 26. They did beat Prairie View A&M considerably 84 to 49. So that's kind of their Northwestern state game of the year. But uh, what I was going to get at with tech having 
quite a bit of a struggle on turnovers. You know, they've got 20 in the first game, 12 against Texas Southern, and then you already mentioned 20 last night against Louisiana Tech. Do you think with this many turnovers, last year's team would have um, not necessarily lost one of these games, but struggled a little bit more than maybe this year's team did? I mean, I'm trying to make lemonade out of lemons by saying, yeah, Tech had 20 turnovers in the first game, but they still won 73 to 49. And yeah, they had 20 turnovers against Louisiana Tech, but they still won. I mean, Harmon and O'Banner each had 15 points. Isaacs had 10. Bacho had Bacho had nine. I mean, they were they were spreading it out. They were still able to score despite having that drought. Uh, do you think that this team? the turnovers is still an issue that needs to be addressed, but because of their ability on offense, that that's what's keeping them in some of these games where they're just not being able to uh, maintain possession. Yeah. Cause I, I was going to point out like the scoring is down. At least when we look at these first three games from last season to this season, you're like, well, what's, what's what gives, right? Like you're supposed to be better offensively to team that shoots better. But I mean, you've had, 52 turnovers through three games this season where you had um, 33 last season. You're plus 20. You're 20 more turnovers through three games in this season yeah. than you were last season. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, the game the game would have been like it would have, wouldn't have looked as close as it did against Louisiana Tech. What they did is they, you know, obviously with a, a former Texas Tech assistant on that staff, they're trying to emulate some of the, the things that you do that you've done so well. Um, and at times it was working, right? It was working for them. It forced you into 20 turnovers. The first 20 turnover game versus Northwestern State, it felt like it was a, a more of a chemistry issue because just the way you beat them, right? Like you gave up 20 points, but you still beat them by 25 points um, or 24, right? So, you know, I, I, I think it really is like if you can cut down on the turnovers, like the scoring should continue to trend up, right? Um, right. Like despite the fact that they're turning the ball over, they're still able to score. Yeah. At, at, at a point that they can still, um, you know, kind of pull away from these games despite Louisiana Tech didn't go away. They, and they still never did. I mean, Tech didn't cover. I think Tech was supposed to. It was 14 and a half or 15 or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tech didn't do what they were supposed to do according to that metric, which we can take or leave that. But uh, they, you know, they we, we saw some some good things. You know, a banner really came alive. Um, you know, th- these first three games, it's just they're just always kind of all over the place. Like for example, last year, Bryson Williams scored twenty two points, and he didn't score that much again until the Kansas game. Uh, McCuller score, scored 24 against Grambling State. That was the most he scored all year. So it's just going to be all over the place who you're going to get, what you're going to get each night. But I think we're kind of seeing, you know, um, like Tyson, O'Banner, and Harmon kind of being the maybe the higher scorers with Bacho getting Mitch. I keep saying Bacho. Is it Bacho or Bacho? What do you go with? I would say Bacho. I keep saying Bacho. I don't know why I do that. Uh, Because he's, anyway, Bacho man. 
I'll get it down. It's okay. just an A. It's just a vowel. It's just a, it's, come on, come on, Michael, you got this. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see kind of a combination of those guys kind of getting the majority of the points, but I like, I, it does worry me. I do kind of like where it's headed. Um, but I, I think I, I, my expectations might back off just a little bit. And you know what? I don't know if I ever actually made any real expectations <laughs> for this season. Maybe I should have done that before now. Oh, well, maybe I'll do it after the uh, Maui Gym Invitational. Yeah, that's what's coming up next, man. You're off this week. The rest of this week, you travel to Hawaii and then start that uh, a tournament on Monday. Uh, you get number 10 Creighton first, 130 ESPN 2. And then, depending on the outcome of that game and the outcome of the other games, you'll either face Arkansas or Louisville on Tuesday. And then, past that, it's too much, it's too too far to know. So we'll update the bracket when we get back together uh, this time next week. But at least the games we know of Creighton, um, they are twenty fourth in Ken Palm, right up right up next to you as as your twenty third. They are twenty sixth in adjusted offense, thirty second in defense. Uh, they are 23rd. Creighton is in Haslametrics, where you are 8th. Uh, Eric has them at 19th. We're on first name basis, by the way. 19th in offense, 45th in defense. Um, so you would think that like you would be uh, you would be favored in this one, but I've heard that like this is probably going to be one or not, not favored. It should be a lot closer than if you just looked at the the rankings, right? Like Texas Tech is 23rd uh, to the 10th. Uh, ranking for for Creighton. Um, then on Tuesday you're going to face, like I said, not number nine Arkansas or Louisville. Arkansas is 14th in Ken Palm, 32nd in offense, fifth in defense, or 20th in Haslametrics, where they've got 31st in offense and 18th in defense. Louisville, man, they are bad. They are struggling. Yeah, this just yeah. Let's put it that way. They're struggling. They are 112. Okay, they were 112 before tonight's game. Before, yes, 112th in Ken Palm. Which they lost at home. <laughs> 112th in Ken Palm. It's 144th in offense, 93rd in defense, 110th in Haslametrics, 126th in offense, 95th in defense. They have lost all three of their games this season. They are 0 and 3. With losses against Bellarmine, Bellarmine, I don't even know how to pronounce the school's name, and Wright State and App State, all three by one point each. Yes. The epitome of brutal, as John Rothstein, Rothstein would say, is teams that lose at home to their paid games. But losing all those games by one point, man. Yikes. Yeah. I can't believe it's like halfway through November and Louisville has yet to win a basketball game. Hey, speaking of teams that lost at home by one point, let's look at the big 12. Yes, let's do that. Two of those losses at home by one point to a team that they paid to be there. Oklahoma state lost to Southern Illinois, 61 to 60. And then TCU who's we all thought was supposed to be pretty good. I I thought they're supposed to be pretty good. And maybe they still will be lost last night to Northwestern State, the same team that you beat with 20 turnovers by 25 points. They lost 64 to 63. 
So obviously, if you want to math, that means you are 25 points better than T- TCU. So dang, we're talking about TCU again. We can't help it. Well, we're talking about TCU basketball. It's, it's, this is this is appropriate. At least rent free, Spencer. Rent free. Well, I'm talking about the rest of the Big 12 too. Kansas versus oh, North Dakota. Yeah. North Dakota. I almost said that. Anyways, North Dakota State. They won 82-59. Texas versus Houston Christian. Formerly Houston Baptist, I believe. They won 82-31. Yes. My goodness. They doubled down. They did the opposite of TCU. They doubled down. And we're not we're not changing. We're not going from ABU. We're yeah, we're going to Houston Christian. Yeah. We're clearing things up. Kansas State under Jerome Tang, they move, they're still undefeated. They took down Cal 63-54. Backyard brawl on the hardwood edition. West Virginia versus Pitt. They won 81-56. Wasn't even close. Baylor versus Norfolk State. This one is a little closer than I would have expected. 87 to 70. Oklahoma took care of the Arkansas Pine Bluff team that nearly gave it to TCU. 66 to 58. TCU took down Lamar 77 to 66. Iowa State took care of the fighting North Carolina A&T. 80 to 43. Oklahoma State took out Oakland 91 62. Baylor versus Northern Colorado Bears won 95-62. And then in tonight's games, West Virginia defeated Moreland State in a palindrome, 75-57. Oklahoma defeated UNC Wilmington. Wilmington, yeah, Wilmington, uh, 74-53. And Kansas and Duke are currently playing. They're at half where Kansas is up by four, I believe. Yeah, 33-29. They are abysmal. Both teams are. And when I say they, Kansas and Duke, abysmal behind the the three-point line that I think they're combined like three for 30. Two of them were made by Kansas, and those two were made by McCuller, unfortunately. I'm not over it, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I think that's all I got for, for, for basketball, Michael. Yeah, just a quick uh, run through that, of the Big Twelve and um, turnovers. Man, they're going to break you if you you can't get that figured out. Um, you get a great opportunity to to learn and continue to grow as a team before the conference schedule starts here in about a month. We have uh, we've yet to talk about Thanksgiving foods, and maybe we'll start that tonight. Maybe I don't. I, would, I haven't planned it yet, but. Um, Let's uh, let's wrap this up with what we learned, Michael. Okay. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So I I brought it up several times. Um, I had thought I was just going to be able to ignore McCuller, and probably because I just was never going to watch any of the the Kansas games. And there's one on now. Um. And it's just with him, like he was warming up, and and they were they just had a camera trained on him because. He's supposed to be one of their top contributors besides Jalen Wilson and the, I believe he's a freshman, Grady Dick. Fantastic name. Terrible nice. hair. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to like wish him like harm, but like if he could just, you know, not do well for Kansas, that would be great. 
You know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you because I, I alluded to it earlier. I thought the same thing. I thought, ah, oh, it's going to be pretty easy to avoid Kansas basketball, but then you realize, oh, but if they, if they're in the national conversation, which they almost always will be, and if they're playing another team that is, then it's going to be unavoidable. And so tonight in my action app, I took the under on, there was a prop bet for 10 and a half points from a color. Uh oh. I took the under and he's already at eight at halftime. So yeah, that's, that's on me. I just, I deserved that universe, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought I was over it too and thought, yeah, I'm, I think I remember being pretty adamant when it was announced, you know, I like, it's hard enough to keep up with our own team. I'm not gonna be able to keep up with McCuller and what Shannon's doing and all that kind of stuff. And then here I am keeping up with what McCuller's doing at least tonight against Duke. So I need to, I need to snap out of it. Um, what I learned farming simulator released their platinum expansion, which is a forestry, uh, bit of DLC. So they're branching out. Get it? Get it? Anyway. It's terrible. The, the, I know it is. The thing I wanted to mention that I'm really looking forward to that I'll probably never do because it's going to take forever. But you can, they have all these production processes where you, know, you, you do some logging and you sell the wood and then you can turn the wood into all these different things. And then you can take these to a construction site in the little town and slowly but surely you can build a roller coaster. Wow. And not only, not only can you build a roller coaster, can you ride it once it's, once it's done, you can ride it. Yes. And who knows? I may be talking about this for the next four years. I don't know. It may take me a while to get to that point, but I'm going to try to, to woodchuck as much wood as a woodchuck could and get, get that over to the roller coaster, get a farming simulator roller coaster. You can build boats, you can build little sailboats and it'll launch the sailboat, but I don't think you can ride it. It's just going to launch it to do like some cool animation thing. Farming simulator roller coaster tycoon crossover. Yeah. Yes. It's finally happened. (laughs) So there's, there's so many people that are, uh, I would I would kind of liken them to the the people who don't like um, the uniforms whenever there's not enough red. Thought we were the Red Raiders. There's always so many. There's always some someone. You know, I thought this was farming simulator. Like, well, dude, you don't have to buy this DLC, man. Just don't. Just ignore it. Just don't do it. No one's asking you to. But they've got some cool new things to where it's easier to load logs and stuff. And they've got containers that will just magically take the logs, put them in a container, and you can just move the whole container instead of moving individual logs. When I when I tried nifty. when I tried the foresty forestry, like I, I you needed like you need to be playing on a on a on a PC uh, with the whole setup of. Uh, controllers or special interfaces to make any of that work, man. Cause trying to do it on a console controller, we like, you had to hold like three different buttons simultaneously. Yeah. And then like, I, I would inevitably like turn the wrong way and like fling the log in like, oh, I'm not going after that. 
Because it, 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 so. it took me three minutes to get to that point just to move the one log, and I turned the wrong way. And yeah, I was like, man, this. I, I, I watched that guy on YouTube, and he made it look super simple. I said, like, oh man, I'm, right? I'm going to try it. And I was like, no, no. The, well, the, that's the forestry part of farming simulator is ridiculously difficult. They've they've made some improvements, so it's it's some better than it was. But I don't know enough yet. Uh, it only came out last night, so I really didn't play on it very much. But uh, pretty excited about that. You know, with all this cool weather coming up, got some time off next week. Between this and you know the the farming DLC and SnowRunner, I'm just I'm just in hog heaven over here. <laughs> me, and my, me and my Xbox were uh, the Xbox is getting a good workout. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just eating and gaining weight. It's great. It's we, what the holidays are for, right, man? Yeah, we, we've been playing a lot of Fortnite in our house lately. But uh, I, I still haven't. I, I downloaded it years ago, and then I played it like twice and completely got owned. And was like, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to learn this one. I, th- I don't think first-person shooters are for me anymore. I think I should go back to tractors that. You know, I'm in a field at six miles an hour. <laughs> That's more my speed. I, I was feeling that way lately. I was like, like I, I would get in and I would like just immediately get on. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing interest because it's like, it wasn't even like competitive. And I was like, this it's is not even just, fun. Not even fun anymore. And it's, it's like, it's like unreal. Uh, heard me say that because I've been on a real win streak lately. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, give this guy some. Let's give like, this guy some hope here. Let's let's put him in, into a lobby filled with with some uh, AI players, uh, bot lobby <laughs> as they call them. Just make it really simple on them. Anyway, keep him coming back. You mentioned food and, and gaining weight because that's what we're going to be doing here over the next couple of weeks, months, whatever you want to call it. Just right off the bat, you got any like anything new or like a staple that you're, you're, you're going for next week. Cause Thanksgiving is next week, Michael. I know. Um, okay. The staple I have right now, and I think I've talked about it before. So I'll just briefly mention it. My mom likes to make broccoli, cheese and rice casserole. That's her thing. That's been in our family for forever. So that's coming up. And then deviled eggs, man. I love deviled eggs so much. And I know that it's such an acquired thing and a lot of people either love or hate it. Well, I am, I am in the love category and (laughs) those are the two things I am looking forward to the most. Do you, aside from, Oh, my wife's making, Oh, she's making something new. Okay. Here we go. She's making like, she's making a pomegranate orange tart. Pretty excited about that. Does sound pretty tart. Oh yeah. That's going to be good. It's um, gonna be all right. Going back to the the broccoli cheese, is it something that you make, like like you're able to make, or is it just like your mom makes it? You may have the recipe written down in like very strange quantities and pinches and handfuls and a bunch. You know, I have never made it, and I've never seen a recipe for it, and I need to I need to learn how to make it because there's not much to it. You just make a huge mess of rice. And I think there's like some cream of something soup involved and then probably like that chopped frozen broccoli. And then there's cheese involved at some point. Yeah. And that's it. And it's not even really a casserole. She doesn't do it like in a casserole dish. It's just in like a giant, uh, a, a giant pot 
that's usually how she does it. But I think a lot of people do make it into more of like a casserole where they might layer the cheese on top or something. And hers, the cheese is just all in there. So it's just like a, you just scooping out, right? Oh man, it, it just hits the spot, man. It's always so good. Some Sometimes she won't for Thanksgiving, but every now and then she'll make it, she'll put chicken in it, like that rotisserie chicken. So it's basically its own meal. Yeah. You just, you're just there. Sometimes I put a little hot sauce on it. What's your go-to hot sauce for something like that? Uh, I have the Cholula green sauce, I think would be my go-to on that. Just because color-wise, it's still... If I put a red sauce on that, that would be kind of weird looking. Sure. I think that would throw me off some. And then just that jalapeno serrano flavor from the Cholula green sauce, I think that's just kind of a nice touch. Yeah, so we're going to... um I'm going to Mississippi for Thanksgiving. Um, my grandmother's 90th birthday is Friday. Wow. After, wow. After uh, Thanksgiving. So we're going for her party, but we're also going to be there for Thanksgiving. And this is, uh, I, I don't think there were any crossover, like where my mom, my parents picked up any like recipes from my dad's side of the family. So it's like total nostalgia. Just the Thanksgiving feast is based off of what my mom used to have growing up. So I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're going back to the original, right? We're going back to um, her family. They're all making it. But the one thing that, that my family does that came from my, my grandmother's side of the family is her, uh, her dressing mm. stuffing, if you will, but it's never been stuffed. The, she usually, it's usually formed into balls. So you just have like an individual serving. So like they'll make the stuffing dressing and then they'll form it into balls and then they'll bake it again to kind of dry up the outside a little bit and make it hold its uh hold its shape a little bit. I I don't I don't it doesn't bother me one way or the other if it's in a ball or just a scoop it out of the pan. Um but that that is the like a staple for us is that that recipe of of of, of dressing because it's not like a a box or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've never, I think I'd really like that because when I go to the big pan of dressing, I'm usually trying to find the corner of the pan or the edge of the pan to get that little bit of crust on the edge. And so you have a ball of it. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And then you just, you just kind of ladle a little gravy on it. What, what all do you got going on there? Do you kind of carve into it? The the gravy is like something you just kind of splash over the entire plate, really. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, it, it, for, for me, it would go over like, yeah, the dressing and the the turkey. But big thoughts on cranberry sauce? Uh, I'm not usually something I put on my plate. I, I, it's I, one I, just, of those things I, I can't figure out where to, where it would like where it goes. And it's it, like gravy. It's just, it's just wherever it's wherever it lands. That's where it goes. Well, I, I don't mean like physically on the plate. Like it's got its own space. It's just like, cause like usually you have like this, like pattern, this direction of flavors, this journey you're going to go through on your plate. <laughs> Cranberry sauce doesn't fit in that palette, man. So I was like, I just, I just don't know where to, where it goes. I don't know where it fits. Yeah, he's the cranberry sauce is like he's like Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't do it without him. You think you can, but then you just reach a point where like, man, I I really need a little zip. 
need a little something to, to, to have on this bite of Turkey on this little bit of dressing. Yeah. Maybe man. Yeah, maybe it would help my role in this. It would help me yeah, break up the kind of monotonous plate that I, I will typically make. Like it's all like fairly one color starch, just lots of starch, light Brown. Yeah. There's some great. green. I love it. There's some yellow. Yes. But then like just a, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I need to be brave and just put it on there. I'm brave. Like it's going to be bad or anything, but just branch out a little bit. Yeah. All right. Branch well, out. Get get the new farming simulator forestry package. I may have to try that too. All right. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We're excited that basketball season's here. Uh, maybe excited that football season's winding down a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. You got two more games. Iowa State, Oklahoma, and then a bowl game. And lots of basketball ahead of us. Let's get ready for the game up in Ames. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Tortillas fly.